Hi there, Nina here. Um, I'm the founder of She Knows SEO and an SEO expert. I'm going to give you a walkthrough today of key search. So this is going to be a bit long because we're going to go really in depth. We're going to start with some walkthroughs um, of just like what the things are, and then we're going to dive into actually how to use this tool. I know most people really gatekeep a lot of these things and don't offer them paid or offer them free. They only let them be paid. But I want to share some tips of how to make the most of this platform. Um, this is my favorite keyword research tool. I also have Ahrefs. I've used SEMrush. I've used basically everything there is at this point. Um, I'm a bit of an addict when it comes to keyword research tools, but I always come back to key search. It is my ultimate, and it is honestly one of the cheapest. It's about $120 a year for um, a membership, and that's so cheap. It's what I used to get in Mediavine. I didn't have anything else when I was doing that. So yeah, I want to walk you through all of the power that this tool has and how to use it properly. So right now we are on the home screen, um, which is also the keyword research screen. I don't really know why they differentiate it, um, but this is what the home screen looks like once you are logged in. So I put a keyword up here. I've just picked the word Rome. If you delete it, you will see it says enter keyword. So you know that's where it's supposed to go. Um, I have it set to all locations. This is where you can select whatever location you want. If you're targeting like only US traffic or something, um, this is especially helpful for businesses that are doing local SEO or have like location restricted services. For blogs, you really just do all locations. And now we have it set it to related keywords because that's going to pull what extra keywords are going to come up over here. So if you adjust it, you'll get different things like Google suggest, Bing suggest, YouTube suggest, all sorts of stuff. They're not really as strong, to be honest. I definitely recommend sticking with related keywords to provide you um, some more kind of in-context options that might work for your keyword. Now over here, we have this little tiny grayed out button almost everyone misses that says filter. And this is where we can adjust the keyword. So here, if we search by the keyword, oops, I believe already, if we can keep Rome, um, here I could search tour, family, Hawaii, Niagara, hotel, whatever, something related to that keyword. And so then it will only show me keywords that have Rome and whatever I put in here. So maybe I put in the Colosseum, maybe I put in Republic. Um, for example, if you're searching for something like uh, the province of Ontario that also has a city in California, this is where you could put that you want it to have California in it so you know it's on topic for you. You can only add one keyword at a time or else it glitches, so just put one there. And if it's multiple words like family travel, you're going to want to put quotes around it. You can search by minimum volume to maximum volume. So maybe you want to only search for things that have at least 100 page views a month. You can put that here. Negative words are words that you don't want to include. So that would be if you don't want to include um, like Ontario in Canada, you would put the negative word Canada so that it wouldn't pull Ontario Canada. It will still pull like related to Ontario, but if it has the word Canada specifically in it, it'll get rid of that. CPC is the cost per click that's really used for ads. So it's not something that we focus on in SEO for blogs. Um, but if you were doing perhaps an affiliate post, I know some people teach that it's a good idea to look for something that has some form of CPC because that means someone sees it as a buying keyword or somewhere that they'd make money off of it. So they're trying to like attract people to their site for it. Um, that's not something I do personally, but that is a strategy that you could use. So you could just put a value in here. Um, if you put a value up on one side and not the other side, so for example, if I put one here, it'll go anything above one, um, like one up sort of a thing. 
if I put one over here, it'll go anything up to one or below one sort of a thing. Um, so you don't have to fill in both sides or like put zero or anything, um, but just be careful with that. If you put it on the wrong side, it'll skew what results you're going to get. Number of words is a great one that you can do for um, long tail keywords. So if you want to find long tail keywords that aren't just Rome, I could put in here that I only want something that's three words or more, six words or more. Depends on your niche as to like exactly what a long tail keyword is. Typically it's four words or more, but in the travel blogging community, it's usually more like six because things to do in Rome, is technically not a long tail keyword for us. It's kind of is, but it isn't in actuality. And then you can search by score. So score is this number over here um, that has a different, has a range of uh, colors. So it goes blue, green, this like yellowy gold color, and then up to red. So I don't know why it starts with blue. I would have thought that like green might make more sense, but I guess blue is like, blue are those diamonds in the rough. Like they're so easy and you typically won't find very many of them. So when you do, it's really great. So I believe it's up to 39 is um, green and then up to, I believe 49 is yellow and then everything else is red above that. So you want as low of a difficulty score as possible. Um, yes, you could definitely try to write for this post because the volume is like 1.5 million. This volume is the average monthly search volume. They do update it every now and then. Um, so be careful if you like do a year's worth of keyword planning and then they do a big update or something like in 2022, we had the helpful content update. And then a lot of these volumes shifted. <laughs> so sometimes they do change. So it's good to double check them every once in a while. Um, but I wouldn't write for this keyword, even though the volume is crazy because the score is so, so high. And that doesn't look that high, but when I come over here to look at who's actually ranking, I know my head's in the way a little bit, um, it's these massive sites with really high DAs. We've got DA 98, 93, we've got the ones that aren't high, um, they're about Rome, so they're dedicated to Rome. And that's going to mean that this is super hyper niched. We can even see they have like thousands of links each. They've got the keyword optimized in the URL. I'm going to talk about those in a minute, but we can see this is a massively hard keyword. So difficulty score is something to keep in mind. You can filter through it, which is a good option. If you just only want to see the ones for this term that are easy, you would do up to 39 basically, and then that's it. Now we have to be careful with these because it's only going to pull from these 700 that are already available here. So if I suddenly go, actually, I wanted Rome, but I want Rome Coliseum, um, and there's only two that appeared in that first search, it's not going to do a brand new search. It's filtering by what's already here. So you don't want to like think you're going to think like, oh, there's no keywords. That's not the case. It's just in this search, there were no keywords. That means you need to change your primary keyword because these are just some of the related ones. Key search can't pull absolutely every single one for you. It would break everything. <laughs> Now, what's this little chart here? This is the search trend. So this is about when um, things peak or have a valley kind of in their traffic. So you can see, does it go all the way up? Does it go down at certain times of year? Um, this is a good way to check for seasonal posts. So for example, if it's like um, Christmas cookies or something or Christmas lights or um, Christmas markets in Europe is a big one, you'd want to look and see when does the traffic peak? So this would be a seasonal post. We think it'd be evergreen, but it looks quite seasonal, surprisingly. But that's probably based on when people want to go to Rome. So I would know, okay, this traffic 
almost doubles um, in May. So that's going to be, I want to write my post six months ahead of that, because we typically with SEO want to write about six months ahead. So if it was a Christmas post that maybe like it's going to hit its peak in December, we're going to want to write about that all the way back in June or July. That way it has time to rank. I, I would write a little bit early for Christmas because it's so competitive. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you see that this is a pretty straight flat line, that would mean it's what's called an evergreen post. So it just exists kind of in perpetuity. <laughs> now down here, I was kind of skimming over the information that I mentioned before, but let's deep dive. So these are the top 10 posts ranking on Google. It's called the SERP. Um, I don't know why. I don't really understand why someone didn't come up with a nicer name for it. Um, so we had a better um, acronym, but whatever. We're stuck with what we got. So we've got the top 10 who are ranking. And these are going to be an average because we're on all locations. If we switch to each location, there is a chance that one or two might switch. Typically for a keyword this general, we're not really going to see a massive change. Now, what do these columns mean? First one is page authority. It's not one we pay a ton of attention to. Um, most of the time, page authority isn't something we focus on as much as domain authority, because for example, if you build backlinks to your site, they're gonna be to different pages. So a single page won't be the strongest thing on your site. Typically, usually your DA is much higher. It can vary, but it, that's kind of the average. DA is the Moz metric that KeySearch is pulling. Um, and this, I will say, it's not a be-all and end-all, but it gives you a good idea of if you have competitors in here that are someone you can compete with or if they're way too high. But you're going to want to check to make sure that they're not like, I don't know, even if they're all DA30, if they were all Rome sites and you're not a Rome site, you got to check and balance that. Um, I completely ignore this one, the DOMS D. Authority matters minorly, but mostly we're going to relate back to domain authority. Links is where you can see how many um, backlinks on average these have. It's not 100% accurate, to be honest. It tends to count internal links a little bit, um, but it gives you a rough idea. And URL is if the keyword has been used in the URL. This used to have title and meta description as well, but Google changes those all the time on us. So URL is the only one that they now see as a metric. And I'll be honest, I never click to rankings and traffic or social. Um, I don't find them super accurate or super helpful with the traffic. It's kind of a rough analysis. We're never going to know quite as much as um, what the actual people have. Um, pardon me. But this can be a good indicator if the keyword, like what the search intent is, because sometimes if it's something like Rome weather, people just want that weather widget. They don't actually want to click into the site. And so here it is nice that I can see that, okay, the volume, it's definitely not 100%, but it's pretty close, to be honest. Um, you can also see uh, how many keywords the URL has. Doesn't really like the domain keywords, domain traffic isn't a massive important to us, importance to us right now, but this can help you find out how many secondary keywords you should be building in. And then socials, if you do socials, I don't. So I just completely ignore that. Um, now down here, they kind of sum up the stats for you if you want them at a glance of like the lowest DA and PA, the highest, lowest links, highest links. Um, this gives like a vague link score of how much you might need. It's not, again, 100%, but it gives you something to work with. It gives you kind of a guide. Um, but note that this is a score and then below it'll tell you how many links you're going to need. So at the very bottom here are the search engine keyword suggestions. 
These are basically the same as the like related search at the very bottom on the first page of Google. If you search it, you'll almost always see that at least 90% of these are the exact same as what's there. Um, and these can help you find related keywords that should be secondary keywords. So when you come here and you do a search um, for whatever it is you're searching, you'll get a lot of options on this side. And what you can do with these little buttons up here, you can bulk check. So you can check a few of them at the same time for whichever ones have the check mark. You can save them and then you can have um, a saved keyword list. So if you like click on the keyword research, it has like a my list section. Um, and so that's where you can hold on to keywords that you care about. I track all of mine in the spreadsheet instead that like is my to do spreadsheet. I find it a lot easier because then I can categorize stuff better. You can compare two keywords and you can also export to um, CSV, PDF, TXT, or just copy to a clipboard so you can put it wherever you want. Um, so let's talk a bit about kind of finding a keyword here. So if I have a site about Rome and I want to figure out what's a keyword I can write on, what I wouldn't do, honestly, is start with just saying Rome and then doing nothing else. Because you can scroll for a while before, like it took me a while there until we got to green. And even then, I don't know that they're actually relevant. So as we go, like you'll see all sorts of them. Um, oh, this is important. If there's just a, a little like magnifying glass there, it means no one searched it recently. So they don't know the, uh, the ranking yet. So if you click on it, it'll like refresh to see how easy it is basically. But you can also see this is easy, but it only has 20 monthly search volume. So that might not be what you want to target if you're trying to have like fast growth. Um, so the few ways that you can do that are by filtering um, and adding those extra keywords, changing the number of words, changing the scores. What I would recommend instead is just adjust your main search, honestly, put in something that's more specific. So even having Rome travel, if you know, like, I know that's not going to be my keyword. But if I search that, at least all of the related terms are travel specific. And then when I filter, I at least know what I'm getting is travel related. I would even do Rome things to do and then see what comes up. That way we're going to get um, like, be blown, please. There we go. We're going to get things that are like all very related to each other. And you're going to get some long tail keywords that are related to Rome things to do. So you can see we've got like things to do in Rome in three days, um, at night, free. And these are all 1300. That's pretty good. They're green. That means you kind of got the green light to go for them. Even if your DA is lower, um, it means they're easier to outrank basically. So this gives you a lot more options. Um, so I do recommend getting specific with your searches. And now the problem with like the free version is you get to do like, what is it, three a day or something. And you're not going to get all of the um, information of like searching through stuff and getting to click a couple. Because if you click on three, even if they're the wrong ones, you're kind of stuck. So with this, you can do a lot more searching and comparing. Now, I don't really come here to find my keywords. I find my keywords elsewhere. But before we move on, I just want to talk a bit about some different things we have here. We have quick difficulty, which is basically just a page where you can copy and paste a ton of keywords and it will check all of their difficulty at once. Don't really use that very often. My list is where you can um, put all of your keywords in a list. Brainstorm, pretty much what it says, brainstorm area. Not really places you're going to spend a lot of time. I don't really spend time there. Keyword Explorer is where, or not Keyword Explorer, Site Explorer is where you can enter any domain for any site online, yours or someone else's, and you can home their site. So let's just do um, Nomadic Matt, because he's a big guy, a big site. 
And you can just do a specific page. Typically, we'll do the entire domain. Um, and then this will bring up information about the entire site. So domain strength is the weird key search metric that only key search uses, and I don't know why they made their own. But every single one of these sites um, that does keyword research makes up their own. Key searches, I think, is the weirdest one that I just don't get. Um, but you'll get a sense of, okay, it says 5.4. So if your site is above or below that, you'll know if it's above or below. Um, it gives you a competition level to target based on like what your site is. So if Nomadic Matt came onto Key Search, he should target keywords that are 48 or lower. I think it's pretty conservative, to be honest. He's a massive site. Let's be real. He ranks for like everything. He doesn't need to worry about this. Um, you get the backlinks, you get total number, um, the number that are do follow and the number that are no follow. And so this can help you see like how many backlinks they have. What's their backlink profile? You click view backlinks, you'll get more information on those. Uh, referring domains. This is interesting because it will show that like, um, okay, maybe they have a million backlinks, but only 30,000 sites link to them. That means they're getting multiple links per site, which is honestly pretty common. <laughs> so then we have the backlink overview of how much is do follow, how much is no follow. Um, we have organic keywords. This is something where you can view the top pages. So it takes these two, uh, honestly, when you click on them, they take forever to load. Oh, that was pretty fast. So it will load um, the maximum that will show you are 50. And it'll show you the traffic and the keyword for number of keywords, pardon me, for those pages. So it'll show us his top 10 pages, top 50, Jesus, pages. It only shows 40 for this one. And then keywords, it'll show us his top keywords. And these aren't specifically the same as the pages sometimes. Like sometimes one keyword does really well, but that page has more um, keywords. So we can see how much volume they have. And then beside that, you can see how much traffic they get. Which again, shows us that like, okay, he's ranking number one for this. But a lot of people looking for Tropical Island, I would guess, honestly, they're looking for either a map or images. So a decent number are clicking through, about a third, um, or just under a third. But it's still a lot less than what the volume for that keyword is. But you can scroll through this and see what their top um, keywords are. You can go through to see about a thousand of them. This isn't the best place to do it though, so I'll show you where to do that in a minute. Now we have their top competitors. So these are the people that Google sees as being related to this site. And the way that they pull this is they look for sites that have similar um, top keywords. So with a travel site, you're going to get a lot of travel because hopefully you've established that you're good at travel. A lot of your keywords are travel related. So here, if it'll load, it might take a minute. There we go. We've got <clears throat> Broke Backpacker. He's a backpacking site as well as Nomadic Mats. That makes sense. The Blonde Abroad, they both do solo travel. Rough Guy is kind of off the beaten path stuff. Everyone here, here makes sense. Basically, you're getting a lot of people that are in the travel space. Forbes is the only one that really isn't. Um, and typically, you'll get one or two of those at rank. And it might be because um, of a profile that they did similarly, like they might have done a profile on Nomadic Mat, it happens. But at least half of this should be um, related to your niche. And this is a place to go to find competitors if you want to do competitor analysis. Now we have the top referring domains. So these are people that link to the site. And the top is by DS, so it's that domain strength that the, the key search assigns. Um, so it's going to be kind of the best sites that link to them. So you're going to definitely have like Pinterest and stuff like that up here. 
but you want to see if there's some other big sites. So he's got like Yahoo and The Guardian and things like that. And this can help you because if you see that they have a backlink from this, you might be able to get one too. We can see the ranking distribution over here. I'm not going to move my little head because honestly, it doesn't really matter that much about their distribution. Um, you will always have more kind of lower ones ranking just because you're not going to rank number one for every secondary keyword you have. And posts sometimes rank for like semi-unrelated keywords. It happens. And then over here, you can see which anchor text is used for the backlinks. I think that one's always kind of interesting um, because you can see if people are getting like links to their general site, if they're linking to specific individual pages and things like that. So that's really what we do with the Explorer. Um, then we have competitive analysis. With the backlink checker, you can put in a site. We're going to put in Nomadic Mat in a moment. Oh, it already loaded for me fast. Thank you. So this is Nomadic Mat. And here we can see um, what his backlinks are, what anchors he uses, if it's follow or no follow, pardon me, do follow or no follow, and the domain strength of that site. And this is really helpful because it can help you find um, opportunities for backlinks where he's done a guest post maybe. I mean, he doesn't do that, but let's say it's a smaller site and he does guest posts. Maybe you can get in there and do a guest post, things like that. This is a great place to find kind of gaps in the market that way. Um, then uh, you can also, sorry, you can like sort by follower, uh, do follow or no follow. We're not gonna spend a lot of time here. <laughs> Organic keywords is a better place that we're gonna spend more time once it loads. So organic keywords is where I spend most of my time on key search, honestly. So if I put in nomadic mat, oops, can't talk and type. We're gonna filter by rank, so rank comes up highest. We're gonna look for the entire domain, but you can put in a specific page as well. This works really well to mine competitors who are ranking above you for secondary keywords. And then you can add filters, so you could search for a specific keyword on his site. Let's say it was something massive like TripAdvisor, but you only want ones that are Rome related, you could put Rome in here. You can only put one keyword at a time. And same as before in keyword research, you need to put quotes if um, they're gonna be uh, multiple words. You can sort by volume. So again, avoid those zero volume if you don't want them. Uh, traffic to be like, okay, well, the traffic should actually get something regardless of volume. And then by rank, um, often if I find a site that like, like TripAdvisor or something, I will put rank one to 10, just that way I'm making sure it's only stuff in the top 10. We don't really care about their keywords that don't rank. So we're gonna just search his general site and this is gonna mine his site for keywords that he ranks for. It's not perfect. I'm definitely sure if he went into his Google search console, he will see some things that we don't. Now I always search by volume and then position. So I double click volume and then go back to the rank. That way we're like highest to lowest by the volume. So here we can see that tropical island one again. You can see the position he's ranking in, the volume of um, like the monthly searches for that keyword, and then also the traffic that he's actually getting. Cost per click for that, you can see his URL. So this is a good one because you can see if it's like, um, like how many keywords or which keywords are related to that one post. Um, so for example, if you were going through all like 20 pages of this and you kept seeing um, kind of vague differentiations of Tropical Island, you would know that it was for the same post by checking the URL. And you got the score over here. So you can just go through this basically and pull out any that are related to you. Um, and you can go through this for any site on the internet. Um, you get 20 pages of them. Most sites don't have that many one like page one rankings. Um, definitely not that many position one rankings for most of them. 
But this lets you go through to see high volume keywords that your competitors already rank for and get traffic for. And if you're looking at the right competitors, like they're actually competitive to you, Nomadic Mat is not competitive to like 99% of us, um, you would be able to also rank for that. Now, another interesting one is site audit, where you can audit your own site. I don't actually use this to be honest. I just do my audits manually. It's how I do my sites, but this is a cool new tool that they've added in. Competitor gap is great if you've already mined a competitor before, or if you are like ranking for similar things already. So you can put in their site, like I'd put in um, Planet D, and let's say my site is Amateur Traveler or whatever. Um, I check their entire domains. You can do this as well for a singular post. And I would see, okay, what can I, the Amateur Traveler, or pardon me, what does the Planet D rank for that I, the Amateur Traveler, don't already? And it will go through and pull those top um, 20 pages of keywords but it's going to exclude any that you already rank for. So you're not going to like waste time if like half the spreadsheet is the same or something. So here we can see like volume and then we got, it's weird because it'll say like the planet D, but that means the planet D's position. And so here I can see kind of all the same information and go through it to find um, competitor gaps that they have filled that I haven't yet. Let's do URL metrics. I don't really use this ever, but it kind of gives you like a little snapshot of the URL. Again, it's not something I do a lot. Whoops, I just disconnected somehow. I don't know what happened. Okay, well, we're back. So um, another thing you can do, there's rank tracking where you can put in your own site and see your rankings for your keywords. Um, I just, again, don't do that very much. I tend to track them manually when I do my audits. Next, we have content assistant, and this is massively helpful. This is where you could put in your keyword, whichever one you decide on. Um, I do any location still. You get that little snapshot again at the top about the information of it. Then you get the average Google first page word count. It's not perfect because it's kind of pulling whatever it can, it can see. And sometimes that includes comments, but this gives you a rough idea. So if it says 800 and you go to every page and they look like they're 3000, it's probably off. Same if you go and it says 10,000, you go to the sites and they're clearly 200 words. <laughs> like use, use your own discretion. It's why we double check. But this gives you a rough idea. I usually use this when I'm assigning keywords to my writers to just like kind of give a vague approximation of how many words it might be. Um, recommended keywords, it'll give us some must words down here, some related keywords. So must words are essentially LSI keywords. And these are words that Google has seen in the top 10 already. And so basically Google says, I recognize those as terms that are related to this topic, so we need to include them. For example, if you have a things to do in Rome post and you never mentioned the Trevi Fountain or the Vatican or pizza, um, yeah, no one's gonna go and like go to your site then. They're gonna be like, what is this? Even if you're trying to do like one of those off the beaten path, like I'm completely separate from the pack. If you're on a general keyword, you have to include the basic stuff. So if I did a Rome travel guide, um, I would include the Trevi Fountain. And that's good because it's down here in the LSI keywords. So you want to make sure you hit off as many of these as you can. Some of them definitely aren't perfect. Um, you'll often see like it'll pull, I don't think this one has, um, but more blog keywords will pull an affiliate disclosure by accident. You already have one on your site or you should, so you don't need to like include that in the text. It's not perfect, use your discretion. Then you have the keywords here. So this has related keywords at the top, but what we really want are the top URL keywords. These are keywords that everyone ranking in the top 10, uh, or not everyone, but like that they are also ranking for. So these are secondary keywords that you should then be including in your post. 
Um, the research page, I don't really use because I just go to the sites, to be honest. The questions can be good, cannot be good, it depends. Um, I prefer searchresponse.io because it's free, but this will try to pull um, some of those people also ask questions. Just sometimes they get weird. Like here we can see like Romero and things that are about um, soccer or something, I think. That's not helpful for us. Headings will try to tell you like the best headings that your competitors use. I just go into them manually to check that. I don't think this really helps you or saves you time. Same with the SERPs over here. I open these up from the keyword research tabs. So I just leave those alone. But when I've written my post, um, once it's done, I don't do this while I'm writing. Over here, you can copy and paste your post in. So I could just say, hi, I'm Nina, whatever. Um, and you can see nothing has changed over here. But if I add in Sistine Chapel, you'll see that it turns blue. Um, and so, and then this little bar will like grow basically and get as blue as possible. So basically you want to put your piece in here to try and see, do you tick all these off? And when I do my outlines, I'll like consider these and I put it away. When I write, I come back. And then this is when I optimize for things I might've missed. Like maybe I said, um, I don't know, the, I don't know how I break out Vatican City. I'm trying to think of like a way that I would have said it weirdly. Um, maybe I spelled city center um, the American way instead. Maybe um, I put a comma between Rome, Italy, like sometimes stuff like that we can do and it's fine. But yeah, I'm trying to think more of like how I might have rewritten these in a weird way, but these are pretty basic ones, so I wouldn't have messed them up. Um, but yeah, maybe I called it a UNESCO site and not a World Heritage site or something. That's what I can think of doing. So this, you can just go through, double check. Um, it's similar to kind of Rank IQ, but Rank IQ obviously has way more, so the surfer SEO. Um, but this gives you a number of them for free. And when I've compared it to Rank IQ and surfer SEO, the word count will be off most of the time. Um, I find those ones more conservative with word count, and this one tends to be more liberal to try and like just encase it. Um, but the primary must words are the same ones that those ones have. So this can save you a lot of money if you don't have time for key search or pardon me for rank IQ and you just have key search. So yeah, this is key search. Um, I really love key search, honestly, it's massively helpful. I think the keyword research, the competitive analysis and the content assistant are really what most people need. Um, unless you're doing like high scale blog audits and stuff like I do, you just, it, you don't need Ahrefs, you don't need all of that. Um, especially if you know your site well enough and you know your niche, you can be putting in keywords, you'll know your competitors um, and you can do a content assistant pretty easily. And this is literally all I had, and it got me into Mediavine in six months. So I hope you have fun playing around with it. Um, another good thing is that it just doesn't really run out of credits. Like um, you get 200 credits a day or something, and I, I hit my limit once, and it was a day when I literally worked for 20 hours on just keywords. I've never hit it otherwise. Where Hrefs is a 500 um, credit limit, but every time you click on things or do anything, that's a credit, and that's for the month, and it's just really frustrating. This is a lot easier and much more um, user-friendly. Okay, I hope you have fun with QSearch. Um, if you want to save 20%, use code KSDICS um, and my link. And yeah, I hope you enjoy it.